0: Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James and Anthony. Let's talk about the top 10 baseball movies of all time. Hello movie friends, welcome back to the show. It's baseball season, not only baseball season, but the World Series is this week. We actually have a lot of friends and listeners of the show who are supporting both the Astros and not the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> the Phillies? Yeah, the, no, because like everyone's against the Astros. Because okay, yeah, yeah. they're like the big bad <laughs> of the of, of the MLB right now. But also Phillies fans too. So we thought, why not do an episode on baseball movies? We grew up playing baseball being obsessed with baseball, and loving watching baseball movies. Yeah, we were addicted to baseball as kids, going up into our teens and everything, following all the teams, following the Red Sox. Obviously, in Boston, it's a part of the culture. Red Sox-Yankees rivalry, the curse of the Bambino. It's so integrated in where you grow up, especially in Massachusetts. I think it's huge there, in New England in general. And the hate for the Yankees is yeah. amazing. And then the 2004, breaking the curse of the Bambino. It's just such a rich culture, I think, in America, baseball. And... It's interesting because baseball movies and sports movies in general were a hot commodity in Hollywood for a couple decades. In the 1980s and 90s, baseball movies were so hot. There were a couple coming out every year, and you'll hear us talk about it in this list. So we made a list of the top 10 baseball movies of all time, as well as some honorable mentions and we'll do some fun stuff about like great baseball stories that we think could get turned into movies but it's interesting how sports movies in generals are kind of in general are kind of dead in Hollywood right now because i think superhero culture has just taken over so much of what people want for audiences or what studios think audiences want that they don't even really care about making sports movies anymore whereas it used to be a huge box office hit baseball movies and we love them we grew up watching baseball movies football movies basketball movies but they're really not there There's only a couple movies a year come out every year for sports i can think of the serena williams the the, the, the williams sisters venus serena, serena movie that came out last year the sports movie but in terms of like, and then there was the, it used to be the, like. Kurt, the Kurt Warner football movie. That was it last year. Yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. I get and it. Nobody but saw that it used to be like yeah. at least a handful a year of just like each sport would come out and they would come out um, in the summertime often. Like they were they were pretty successful movies, not internationally, obviously, because baseball is not a worldwide thing culturally, but it was they always did pretty well in the American box office and. I feel like there have been so many great sports movies, but I, I I get what you're saying. It seems like. When was the last time you you saw a hockey movie get made? <laughs> I don't know. Did that the um the one in Stifler? Oh yeah, the goon. <laughs> the goon. Yeah. What's his What's his name? Sean, William, Sean Scott. William Scott. Um, that was like the last hockey movie I saw. But there's been some great hockey movies, whether it be Miracle or the uh, the Russell Crowe one is really good. Uh, Mystery Alaska, and the goon goon's pretty good. But I think there have been there have been some good football movies, especially in the '90s. But baseball movies, I think that for sports movies outside of boxing, boxing movies are, I think are different. They'll always be a thing because it's an individual sport. Um, but I think for group sports, team sports in American cinema, they used to be really great. They used to be pretty common. There's still like uh, f- football movies are actually still pretty common in Europe. We call it soccer here, obviously. But those are those are still coming out. But I feel like sports in in film is definitely not a genre that people don't seem to be interested in anymore. I think that's not that people aren't interested in it. Maybe it's a little bit of that, but also studios just don't want to make them anymore. But also, you know, a sport like baseball, the viewership has just been tanking Dropped. and yeah. dropping for like 15 years straight. The pace of the play is so slow, and kids aren't really interested in baseball anymore. They're getting less interested in in sports in general. Football is still really popular. Basketball is really popular too, but baseball is just... Becoming just like a dying sport. And so I think that has a factor in it for sure in terms of pop culture outside of the playoffs and the World Series. People aren't really tuning into baseball like they used to, or playing baseball at any rate either. Because even even though we're Sox fans, like a lot of the markets were baseball is huge. Baseball in LA is big still. The Dodgers are very popular in LA. Oh, and they're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like the last seven years. But um in other markets, it'll be like the city. Baseball, the culture is still strong because the team is good. But I think as a, as a collective for the country, the interest in baseball has definitely dwindled. When we were playing Little League, there were a lot of teams. I think there were 12 teams yeah. per league, and it, we also had like 15 kids per team. Yeah, like there, there were hundreds of kids in our league, hundreds of them. And now in that same league, uh, we have a nephew who plays in that league. I think, was it five or six teams? I think it's less and than that. And they barely, I think, have ten players per team. And not to mention, we had four different little leagues in our city growing yeah, up in Waltham. So, yeah. like, we were part of just one also, league. Also, yeah, so now they all integrated into one league, which is even shows how fewer numbers of kids want to play baseball. Now they just play at the different fields, but, yeah. like, a, there's hardly any kids playing baseball anymore. I suppose gaming has a factor in it. Um, video games, because there are so many nowadays... When we were growing up it was always like that big release like once a year but you still played your sport but i suppose cuz there's so many games you can play online that might be a reason why kids are less likely to play a sport like baseball. I think it's maybe, yeah, for sure. But then you could argue, why isn't basketball seeing a huge decline in youth sports? Why isn't football? I'm sure they're all seeing a small decline. But like in terms of baseball, I think it's the biggest. I think it's just not as exciting of a, of a sport oh, to yeah, watch anymore. Sure. Because when, when the average game right now is over three hours, I mean, kids don't want to watch that. When we were growing up, it was so much faster. Like, a game would be two and a half hours. But, like, no one has time. To, a lot of people don't have time to watch three and a half hours of baseball every single night. But I think growing up, it was way... Way more exciting when we were kids. Yeah. In less the, commercials too. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. In the movies were exciting. Uh, Cuz I remember being a kid growing up watching movies like, you know, The Rookie with Dan- Dennis Quaid. I loved that movie. It's not a phenomenal movie, yeah. but it's still I loved it. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and The Sandlot is such a regular classic that we had on VHS and movies like that that like tapped into the the love of baseball, how much fun that culture and community can be. And if you li- if you love the sport and you love playing it, it's it's a really great experience when you when you get to play it and then when you get to watch it on screen. Yeah, I completely agree. And, well, and so when we played, what was your position, Jim? Why don't you share? Pitcher and third base. Pitcher and third base. Jimmy was a good pitcher. I had a had a pretty good arm. Yeah, I was a catcher. Yes. Yeah, and sometimes I played third base too. Because I had a cannon for it. <laughs> <eye. laughs> but I liked playing catcher. I liked being involved in every moment of the game. I liked the physicality of it. Although sometimes I would get some shots back there. But it was it was, it was all in all. It was a or lot your, of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back there behind the You would get foul tips. You would get hit, hit with bats sometimes. But oftentimes, me and the umps would just be like shooting the shit the whole time. It was actually pretty funny. I love pitching because I, I love to be in control. Yeah. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I like the spotlight. You on You like me. The, everybody look at me. Yeah, watch me. You're just like you're not even paying attention to the game. You're just like looking at the crowds. Like yes, they're looking at <laughs> me. They're waiting for me to throw the ball. And meanwhile, <laughs> I'm like trying to call your pitch, and you're like, no, I don't want to throw that. But ba- baseball is such a cool sport. It's part of American history. It's part of the culture, and it's really interesting because even though it is a team sport, it's very individualistic. Whereas. When you're up to bat, obviously you can have runners on base, you're trying to get some runs, get yeah, some RBIs, yeah. Yeah. knock people in, put get your get your team on the board, get some points, some runs scored. But also, when you're up to bat, it's you against nine people yeah. in the field. It's not like basketball or football where everyone's on offense together at the same time. When you're up at bat, it's just you. That's a great point. Yeah, so it's a really interesting sport. And obviously, if you're a pitcher, you're kind of just like you versus the batter every time. Yeah. You versus the offense, and you're just depending on people around you. So obviously, there are, there is a team sport, but there's a, a high individualistic part a nature to it nature to baseball which is really interesting and I think it makes for good movies at times if you do it right especially like a pitcher makes a great movie yeah for sure that's why I think The Rookie works so well with young audiences and and people who love baseball now before we get into our list of our top 10 baseball movies as well as some honorable mentions I thought Anthony came up with a great idea like what if we come up with some ideas of (laughs) real life baseball stories or things that have happened in baseball that could be movies in the future yeah they would make great movies I think Pro- I think the most interesting movie could possibly be uh, the the steroid scandal of the late '90s, early 2000s of juiced up offensive players, most likely first baseman or DHs. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds. They got really big on Jose, Stere- Canseco. Jose Canseco, <laughs> really big on steroids, extremely strong, and it gave them a huge competitive advantage. And to hit 60 home runs was such a rarity for the entire century worth of baseball history but all of a sudden we had a bunch of guys hitting that many easily and it really changed the game and it was very entertaining it was probably the highest viewership in baseball history all the home runs because home runs are are exciting and it gets the crowd rejuvenated if you see a home run hit in person it's like so much fun and people like offense is more entertaining than defense and so it's great for fans but also it was without a doubt cheating And gave each player an extremely unfair competitive advantage. But it became a really sensational story. Especially with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. At a point they were... Both neck and neck, trying to see who would have the most home runs by the end of the year, who would break the record first, and it was extremely entertaining. Yeah, so the steroid era for sure, as well as the home run race, was yeah, really the home run race. People yeah, people were going crazy. It was the most talked about thing in sports that entire year, and they even had the uh the All Star game was at Fenway in nineteen ninety nine, and mcguire won the the home run. He, he hit like thirteen in one round. Yeah, he won the Derby. Yeah. I think. It, yeah, no, it, was more, it was way more than that, dude. No, in total he hit more, but in one round he hit like thirteen. It, but it was so cool to just see these Goliaths with these baseball bats just yeah. smashing home runs over yeah. the green monster you've never it, seen it it never happened before in baseball like that because people had hit 50s 60s of home runs but it was so rare so rare that would be a really great uh baseball movie i yeah. think for sure but you... then and also like but the... also do you think that barry bonds should be in the hall of fame i think barry bonds should be in the hall of fame absolutely 100%. he was still an amazing player absolutely, 100%. you still have to swing the bat you still get yeah. the ball and barry bonds was a hall of famer before he started juicing anyways absolutely he was an all-around home runs rbis average defense he was bases. Willie Mays. yeah he was the modern era of really yeah. Mays. he was, he a, was that talented yeah, of a baseball he, he player. he could do everything so he was still he's still an all-timer for sure but mark mcguire and sammy sosa not all timers questionable yeah. because they're not the home yeah. runs yeah. Their they stats, were they were they were good but they were never like hall of fame level that's right yeah i completely agree and also it, it it the it gives your team a really unfair competitive advantage but, but mean, it's, it would make a fascinating movie. I think it would be too, especially like those 90s, those juicers in the 90s because they got huge. Those biceps, <laughs> they were like they were like superhero huge. <laughs> they were much. like Hemsworth and The Rock. <laughs> all right, some other great potential movies in the baseball world. I think Babe Ruth going and getting traded from the Red Sox to Yankees could be one of the greatest sports movies of all time if someone can nail a good script because Babe Ruth was an icon, one of the greatest baseball players and athletes of all time in American history. But the curse, the Bambino, and everything that everything that came with the drama of getting traded from the Red Sox to the Yankees for for basically almost nothing, and because I think the owner of the Red Sox wanted a theater or something he, like pa- that, a theater was part of the trade, so yeah. it was a pretty ridiculous deal, and it ended up creating this crazy curse of the Bambino, where the Red Sox never won a World Series for so long until 2004, where they finally broke the curse. But I think that because. Ruth was such a star in. America. He was without a doubt the best player in the league, and also, he, and he was a great pitcher and offensive hitter. Probably the. I mean, we didn't live back then, but probably the biggest star in America at the time. He prepared, was huge, like even yeah. movie stars and everything like that. But yeah. like he was probably bigger than movie stars. So I think that would be a really cool movie. I think it would be a fantastic film. It's it's a it's rife with conflict and backstabbing because he didn't want to get traded. I, I, I'm pretty sure he and the he and the owner didn't get along. And next up. Obviously, we got to do a Red Sox. Another Red Sox story. <laughs> this one's more positive, though. Red Sox, man. So the Red Sox, when we won the World Series after that eight-six year drought, we won it in 2004. But the previous years were difficult. There was a year before this where we lost in the playoffs to the Yankees on a, a home run by the Yankees to win the series, and they not eliminated us from the playoffs. That happened the year before. And then this year in 04, we made it to the ALCS, which is the semifinals. And the winner of the ALCS goes to the World Series. And... It's a best of 7 series so the first team to win 4 games moves on to the World Series. Now what happened was the, the Yankees won 3 in a row. So they they were 3 to 0 uh, Yankees to the Red Sox. Nobody had ever come from behind of a 3 of an 03 playoff series. The Red Sox out of some kind of miracle won 4 games in a row against the best team in the league but also to win 4 games in a row in baseball is that's just really difficult, even if it's the regular season. It's just baseball is so off and on. And you can be the best team ever, but still lose plenty of games. So it's so unpredictable. You can't go on a huge winning streak. It's not like the Golden State Warriors winning 20 games in a row, you know? Mm -hmm. You can't just dominate no matter what. So to win four games in a row in the uh, ALCS had never been done before. And to make that the way they make it to the World Series uh, after the curse for so long— it's such a crazy story. Not to mention the year before they lost to the Yankees with a walk-off home run yeah. by, was it Aaron Boone or his brother, the other Boone, Someone. that um uh, he hit that walk-off home run yeah. off Tim Wakefield in 2003. And we thought that was our year to go to the World Series. And so there was so much tension with the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry In Boston, especially, like I'm telling you, when we won the World Series, there was like a deflation of tension (laughs) in Massachusetts. It was insane. Everyone could like breathe again. For the first time in their lives, they could breathe. But uh, they would make a great movie because of all the characters. That team of characters, you had Kevin Millar with Cowboy Up. Yeah, yeah. You had Manny Ramirez, Poppy. Pedro, Kurt chilling with the bloody sock. There's so many things that happened in the whole yeah. four series. In also the bench clearing brawls, yeah. Pedro Martinez yeah. throwing the, the guy to the ground that yeah. went chasing oh my after God, yeah. the first base coach yeah, came yeah. tumbling towards uh Pedro trying to take him out and yeah. Pedro threw him to the ground. He's like and so like even though like the the Yankees are my daddy, that whole thing. Yeah. So like it was a two year span of like Hatred, All anyone yeah. cared about in sports was Red Sox Yankees. Yeah. It was so visceral and real and like if you lived in New York or in Massachusetts or you were a Red Sox or Yankees fan at the time, it was the craziest time for sports. It was yeah. even like bigger than any of the Patriots Super Bowls. It was wild and what I think would make the movie really special is this ragtag group of guys these this assortment of players. A bunch of them. There were a few stars, obviously Manny Ramirez, Pedro Martinez, two of the best players in the game. They still had they had a good budget for their team, but still, like Kevin Millar was like the heart of the team. This was random cowboy yeah. playing first base. He 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 made this slogan in Boston called "Cowboy Up." Looks like Guy Fieri. Yeah, Guy Fieri <laughs> with a cowboy hat, and then there the team the team slogan was just "Cowboy Up." It would play on the on the big screen in the in the field. And it just became, like, he really, like, lit a fire under everyone's butts and got them to be like, we can still win this. Kevin Millar, nobody knows who he is. He's a, He was a good baseball player, but not, like, not an all-timer, but, like, he was a major part of the... Motivation of that team. And the thing with the Red Sox Yankees at this time, sorry, we're just going off on this, <laughs> is it would, it would make a great story and a great movie because how contrasting the teams were. The Yankees yeah. are, have always been you're clean cut, you got to get a haircut. You to be If you're yeah. on the Yankees, you're wearing the pinstripes, like Johnny Damon had to cut his hair, he had to shave his face. You can't have like a huge beard, you can't have crazy long hair. You're expected to basically be like formal attire for a baseball player on your best behavior, clean cut, versus the Red Sox who were having chicken and waffle parties. Yeah. In the, in the dugouts, they were going crazy. <laughs> they were tying Pedro up with, du- with tape <laughs> oh, and everything. they tied him up. So, like, the, the the exact opposites of the dugouts and the teams yeah. go, would make such a great story because the rivalry was so rich with just crazy wild characters on one yeah. side and then just, like, a militaristic approach to a team on the other side. That's a great point. And, and also the Yankees were viewed at, by all of baseball, as, like, the big bads, as, like, the Darth Vader, <laughs> a, as, as, like, the evil empire because they had won so many World Series in the 90s and they were still even when they didn't win they were still so dominant and everybody hated the Yankees so i think yeah. it would make it would make such a great movie the it, conflict it, it, i think it really would if, if yeah. you could pull off it be it would be a really fun movie there's so many great documentaries about it too and this was the world series really cuz then we swept in yeah. the in the, but this was yeah. like the two best teams yeah we swept the cardinals uh moving on to some more uh ideas that could be potential baseball movies we're pitching it to studios <laughs> doc ellis oh yeah he pitched a no hitter this is where he <laughs> didn't give up a single hit in a game While high on LSD, (laughs) and there's even a great photo where at one point during the game – He was facing center field on the mound, (laughs) and the coach said, like, face the other way, somehow through a no-hitter. That's unbelievable. Which is crazy A no-hitter is so rare already, yeah. Perfect game is the most rare thing a pitcher can do. That's when no one gets on base. Everyone gets out. No hits, no walks. Everyone gets out when they get to the plate. But a no-hitter, you can still give up runs. You can still give up walks. But a no-hitter is still a huge accomplishment for a pitcher. But to do it on LSD is absolutely insane. That would be funny. I think it was like the 1980s he did it. That would be such a great comedy. Um. Also, I think um the Pete Rose scandal would be fantastic. Now, Pete Rose is the all-time hit leader, so he has more hits than anyone. One of the best hitters of all time. He also had a great long-term average, but he was he had a huge scandal of a gambling scandal where he would gamble on baseball games and Major League Baseball. Frown had a huge rule against this; they frowned down upon it, and because of Pete Rose's gambling. Um, they stripped him from his Hall of Fame status and even even put like an asterisk next to his... his kicked him out of the league. Kicked him out of the league. Kicked and, him out of everything. Yeah, which I think is... I think it's, it's very controversial, I, but I think it's a it was a bad move by the MLB. I mean, fine him. Give him a fine, but he got more hits than anyone. That's something to respect. The thing with how many hits he has, it'll never be touched. There's so many hits. Like the home run record, that will always be in contention. People are constantly changing, but so he has... Four thousand two hundred fifty six career hits. The person in second place, Ichiro. No, second place is Ty Cobb. Okay, so so Pete Rose just beat him, but Ty Cobb played in a different era. Ichiro had the most in one season, maybe I think is what he got, something like that. Uh, I I think you're right, yeah. But Pete Rose, in terms of like contemporary modern baseball, Ty Cobb played in an era where people were throwing like eighty mile per hour fastballs. You know, what yeah. I mean? and some there are some rare pitchers that were throwing heat and, and gas, but like they were not throwing like they are today. Pete Rose doing what he did will never be touched. I don't think even Albert Pujols, he's in the top ten, he's number nine, I think, but he's a thousand hits away from Pete Rose. Yeah. So And uh, he's retired. He <laughs> is one of the greatest hitters of all time, too. But these people will never touch Pete Rose. And I don't think everyone will ever come close to that, especially the way that ba- baseball's played today, which just like the home run ball's king. But it was such an achievement, but then to kick him out of everything, kick him out of the league. There was an appeal a few like five years ago that got declined for him to come back into the league, come back into the Hall of Fame. Um, but I, I haven't looked too much into the scandal in terms of how much his gambling factored into. I think it was when he was a manager was when he was caught gambling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Someone correct us for sure. But yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a disappointment because he's so important to the game. He's such a great player. He's probably he's the, not the best hitter of all time. Having the most hits, sure, you're up there. I mean, I think Ted, Teddy Ballgame, Ted Williams is probably the best hitter of all time but to have the most hits and not be in the league anymore is yeah. really it's pretty wild. It's a, it would make a great movie. Speaking of Teddy Ball Game, Ted Williams biopic would be incredible because he's considered the greatest hitter of all time. He has the best average and I think the best all-time average as well. I'm not sure if he has all-time best, but he has the two best seasons. He hit over he's the only person ever, ever hit over 400. Did it twice, I believe. Did, nobody's gone nobody's ever hit over 400 except for him. But also he went to two wars. He was also a fighter pilot who shot down enemy planes both in the Korean War and then the war before that. So to be both uh, a fighter pilot with confirmed kills, being a, a war hero, and then also being one of the greatest baseball players of all time it's what a fascinating story what's crazy is in the prime of his career he went to war yeah he missed like he missed several seasons and he almost retired and didn't he spent come back. six years in the military during his baseball run he almost didn't come back to baseball he had to get convinced and he still came back and he batted over 400 crazy which is absolutely absurd to take that many years off from a sport and still to be the best in the world and be that good it's it's absolutely absurd it's yeah. otherworldly mm-hmm. that would be a great story to put that into perspective it's uh, it's pretty it's very rare for someone to hit three hundred. That's rare. And he hit four hundred. Yeah, probably like I would say yeah. what, maybe fifty people do it a season, hit three hundred over. Maybe not anymore. Something like that. Not anymore. Let's move on to Ken Griffey Jr., I think would be a great biopic as well. The career and life of Ken Griffey, because Griffey grew up as like the prince of baseball. Phenom. His father yeah. was his he was his he's kind of like Tiger Woods of golf in a lot of ways. So Ken Griffey Jr.'s father was a baseball player and they played on the Seattle Mariners at the same time. In Rook, in Griffey, everyone knew he was going to be a star. He was coming up. He was a phenom. He had probably the sweetest swing in the history of baseball. the The most incredible motion, the most incredible swing. This big lefty hook swing, and the blasting home runs. But he came up. And became a star instantly and a great player, an all-star. And not only that... He had he, over 50 home runs once. Not yeah. only that, he made baseball really cool. He made it hip. Like He had he, his own video game. He has... Yeah, he has his own video game. Griffey Jr., yeah. And so it was really cool, like, things he did, like... The backwards cap was something that was so frowned upon in baseball culture because it's such an old guy, traditional sport. He was going up there at the Home Run Derby with his hat on backwards. The MLB was like, can you please not put your hat on backwards? And so he's like, screw it. No, I'm keeping my hat backwards. So he he brought a, a, a resurgence of youth, I think, to the sport that it really needed in the 1990s. But also... Not only just being the best player, one of the best players of alive, one of the best swings of all time. He went through a tragic injury when he got traded from the Seattle, Mariner, Seattle, Seattle Mariners, which basically ended the rest of his career because he was still in his prime. And unfortunately, I think he tore his ACL, and it just sidelined him pretty much and ruined the rest of his career because he he would have been like I think a top twenty player of all time. But I think in his prime, Griffey was fantastic. He was never able to recover from that, unfortunately, and it was. He would have been—he he is an all-timer, but he would have been, like, a special, like, top 10 player maybe of all time if he never suffered that injury. It would be a great, entertaining movie. And the last list—the last on our list of potential movies in the baseball world where there, there are countless stories that you can make into movies, so many players, so many backgrounds, and so many things to do, I think a really interesting one would be on— George Steinbrenner and player Dave Winfield. Steinbrenner was the former owner of the Yankees, obviously. And Dave Winfield was a player that he had signed to the biggest contract at the time, the most played player in the MLB. But they had this crazy back and forth where Steinbrenner was trying to like get rid of him. And at one point, he hired a gambler to start spying on Winfield to try to cover up dirt on him. That got leaked and then Steinbrenner's got got uh, suspended for I think it was thirty months from being involved in baseball from that incident. So like I think there's a story on the background between their back and forth between their rivalry, how it was just like constantly backstabbing and, and trying to get Winfield off the team. I don't know all the details, but I think it would be a cool story. That sounds fascinating. That's great. He's uh, th- there's some great Seinfeld episodes with Steinbrenner where you never see him. Um, but you hear his voice and stuff, and and he talks on the phone to him a lot. It's great. Yeah, because Costanza, yeah, George ob- works for the Yankees obsessed, at some point. He, he wants to work for the Yankees. Yeah. He's obsessed and Then he gets the job. And yeah, he works for the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's great. <laughs> it's time, <to> run up. <laughs> All right, let's move into the the list of our favorite baseball movies. How about that? Top ten baseball movies of all time. So tough to list. We had to yeah. we had to make some tough choices. I think number one, we all agree. You and I agree. It's got to be Moneyball. Bennett Miller's terrific film. Uh, Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, uh, Chris Pratt, early role too. Now, this film is really special. It's so well-made. It's a terrific screenplay by Aaron Sorkin. It was nominated for a lot of Oscars. So it came out in 2011, has a 94% Rotten Tomatoes, 86% audience score, 7.6 on IMDb, six Oscar nominations, and a box office of $110 million. And it's about general the uh, general manager for the Oakland A's, Billy Bean, and his successful attempt to assemble a baseball team, on a very lean budget by employing a computer-generated analysis to qu- to acquire new st- uh, players. Now, the the analysis is basically, the, the term is called Moneyball, where the Oakland A's had such a tiny budget to work with. How could you compete with monsters like the Red Sox or the Yankees who have $200 million? Well, the Red Sox weren't at that level. Not the, at that level, yeah. So yeah, the, that yeah. thing with Moneyball is it's connected to the Red Sox yeah, yeah. winning the World Series. Actually, yeah. So the Red Sox used Moneyball um and at the end of the film billy bean gets an offer to to work for the red sox but it's a fascinating story it really was depicts the change in the game in the managerial side of the game in the uh, business side of the game really excellently and i think it's an all-timer for baseball and for sports movies yeah it's really great it's at the same time as being a great sports movie and and there aren't a ton of sports scenes of baseball scenes there are some great moments that they show from important games of course but it shows how the sport changed so much in just a couple years because of Billy being this GM... Using this new way to build a team, the GM, if you're not familiar with sports or baseball, they're basically in charge of acquiring players and building the team for you, whereas the manager just has to manage the players that the GM provides for them for the team. And so basically it's a back and forth also between the GM and manager who Philip Stephen Hoffman plays. is excellent in this movie. He got like coach of the year, even though he didn't build this team. And it shows the internal sh- struggle for Billy, Billy being the GM who sees this new vision with the help of this new mathematician that he steals from another team, basically played by Jonah who Hill. Who are you? Who, got a, <laughs> who are you? This is the first role I saw Jonah Hill. I'm like, holy crap, this guy can act. Got Oscar Nam for this one as yeah. well. And so he, this new way of building a sports team, and especially in baseball, where less focus on sexy contracts, big-name players, more focus on getting on base getting hits what the important things uh, the most important thing to do for a team is to win games you know trying to win games with this super low budget like i mean they had i think the, maybe the smallest budget I think in the they league. had 20 mil something yeah. to, maybe less to spend on an entire team of players where there are players that make that in a season at this time and now it's absurd mm-hmm. like people make like 45 million dollars a year to play baseball which is crazy and it's definitely connected to the Red Sox winning the World Series which is really interesting because Theo Epstein he took on that approach as well of, Kind of like a money ball team the ragtag players. Which, yeah, the ragtag, that goes back to what we were talking about. The ragtag players that we talking about earlier, you know, with, like, Kevin Millar and all these people no one ever heard of that, you know, were forgotten by other teams or no one wanted them because they weren't sexy names. They didn't think they'd put butts in seats, but you know, you can win a World Series like that, and it's really interesting. It's a really important movie because it shows how much the game has changed, and even since this came out and this new philosophy of Moneyball happened in the MLB, it's changed again. We're now, like, the home run ball is the new way to win games in, in baseball right now, and players are changing the the way they swing on pitches to try to just get as many home runs as possible. So every 20 years, it seems to like baseball kind of changes, and, and it happens to every sport, but it's, I think it's a really terrific movie. It's so well made, excellent script, excellent directing, great acting. Yeah, and um, Bennett Miller's, it's his second film. He did Capote before this, which is excellent, also with Philip Seymour Hoffman. This is kind of like an early role where like Brad Pitt's kind of had this really great critical resurgence of being an excellent oh, movies. For sure. He's always yeah. been in great movies, but I feel like there's a period where he wasn't in great great films he's in a lot of blockbusters and cool movies but not in sexy movies paycheck movies but like i'm talking about like really really well made well executed films this is like starting like a trend of he's been doing for like last 15 years he did it in the 90s he was in a lot of great movies but then i think in the early 2000s i think you're right he kind of had like a matthew mcconaughey thing having a good time making money yeah he made cool movies for sure yeah yeah i mean i love the oceans movies mr mrs smith and stuff like that but i think the last 10 12 years his career has been phenomenal for sure want to tell us about the second film second on film list? on our list number two the sandlot all-time classic one of the best coming-of-age movies of all time came out in 1993 directed by david mickey evans rotten tomatoes it's only a 64 percent audience really? score, but an 89 percent i mean credit score 89 percent audience score oh, okay i was like really i thought people love this imdb it might be the highest on this entire list it's at a 7.8 that's super high box office 34 million dollars in the summer of 1962 a new kid in town is taken under the wing of a young baseball prodigy and his rowdy team resulting in many adventures this movie is so iconic so fun it's a feel-good movie we all grew up watching this even if you didn't play sports didn't play baseball it's just a great camaraderie coming-of-age film of all these kids playing baseball in a sandlot in the summertime we have the the new kid in the block is trying to fit in he's trying to play with them as well. He. He offers up his dad's Babe Ruth Stein baseball, which they lose to a dog and the beast that they're trying the to they're trying to get the ball from. So it's a great adventure, even though it takes place in just like one location. It's so fun! It's hilarious. So many great characters that we yeah. all remember forever. I used to be so scared of the dog. I was like, I was always like super scared of him because he's they, he was depicted as so scary and violent and aggressive. But then they learned that he's actually a sweetheart. Yeah. Um. But I love the cast. I love the characters. It's super funny. I just hope they don't remake it. (laughs) You know they will. (laughs) But all the kids, they they had amazing chemistry. And that really made the movie. And it was just like a lot of fun. It's like they're not playing in a league. They're just playing amongst themselves and having a good time. And it's not like a typical sports movie where it's like we have to win the championship. Or we have to beat the rivals. It's like we're just a bunch of kids having fun on the sand lot. It's summer. This is what we do. And I really love it. I love that part, how the movie is depicted like that. Okay. Next up on our list, we got a classic, Field of Dreams. This came out in 1988, directed by Ron Shelton. It has a 97% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and 82% audience score. A 7.0 on IMDb. You're, you're on. You're reading from... Bull Durham. Yeah, <coughs> Sorry, yes, you're the wrong reading one. the wrong one. Let me uh, start that over. <laughs> Field of Dreams came out in 1989 it's <laughs> star kevin costner yeah yeah that's, that's what, yeah that's what it was uh directed by phil alden robinson it is an 88 on rotten tomatoes and an 86 audience score so neck and neck about the same imdb a very respectable 7.5 box office was 84 million so very successful on a modest budget it also got three oscar nominations and it follows an iowa farmer named ray kinsella who is inspired by a voice he can't ignore to pursue a dream he can hardly believe. Supported by his wife, Ray begins the quest by turning his ordinary cornfield into a place where dreams can come true. Now this is, I mean, we've all seen this where the ghosts of the baseball legends come to play baseball at his field. Um, and then eventually it's, it's about the love of the history of the game. I think that this movie more than any other movie in the genre celebrates the history of baseball and its impact on the culture. Yeah, and it actually reminds me a lot of the movie Take Shelter, where, yeah. you know, my, I mean, Michael Shannon's character in that movie, he has this premonition, basically, of a storm that's coming to this town that's going to be the biggest storm of in the history of the planet. Um, There's a storm coming! And none of you is already! <laughs> <laughs> and so everyone thinks he's crazy because he's building this wild bunker in his backyard, this, like, crazy shelter, Because of this oncoming storm, everyone thinks he's crazy. Same thing kind of happens with Kevin Costner's character in this movie where he's just, he's bleeding through money, but he has this urge and this desire to build this beautiful baseball field on his land. And, you know, everyone's calling him crazy and he just has this belief that it's important to him and it's going to connect him to his past and and with his family and his bloodline. I think it's a really beautiful movie. It's it's really emotional and I think it's just got a terrific ending as well. Yeah. I don't wanna spoil it if you haven't seen it yet, but it, it's really it's a really well made movie. And Kevin Costner was so big in the eighties, but like with baseball movies, <laughs> he's in this and then another one, which is next on our list, and there's something about him in baseball that just like he just fits the mold for He like, seems a like a baseball player. guy, yeah. And so I think this movie's really incredible, just kind of like down the roots in the middle of nowhere America on a farm building a baseball field it's funny it's emotional great family characters I, I think it's just terrific it's it's just a-, a really well-loved movie and um the MLB actually did a field of dreams game this year do you remember don't they do that like do they do no, it every year? Yeah, no, no. This I'm year, of, I'm thinking of football. They do no, the Hall of Fame. No, game. It, was, it was a new thing they did this year where they did a Field of Dreams game. Did they play a, a, like At a corn, the, they built a cornfield uh, game, right. a stadium? So cool. Yeah. Did, did ghosts come to play? <laughs> they did. They um. So when the players um came onto the field, they came in from the cornstalks in the outfield, like in the game, like in. The oh, movie, that's right. I remember. And they this. all like there's like steady cams following them walking through the cornstalks, and there wasn't like a big crowd, but like it it was in, but it was like filmed like with a bunch of cool cameras and it. it was really i think it was really cool mlb should do more things like that to make it more uh interesting and exciting because people are tuning out MLB. Yeah, yeah but it was really great to see that let's do one more and then we'll get to our intermission number four on our list of top baseball movies is bull durham came out in 1988 so this is starring kevin carsner as well he did this then field of dreams the next year he actually plays a baseball player in this world. yeah he actually does Yeah. directed by ron shelton ron tomatoes it's a 97 percent. Highest critical rating on Ron, by Ron Tomatoes on this list, um, and as well as audience score is 82%. IMDb is a 7.0. That might be the lowest on this list. Box office. No, there's a lower one. later. Okay. On. Box office is $50 million, one Oscar nomination. A fan has an affair with one minor league baseball player each season, meets an up-and-coming pitcher, and the experienced catcher assigned to him. Uh, it's a pretty fun movie. I can't believe it's 97% of Rotten Tomatoes. That's crazy. It also stars Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon yeah. as well as, um, what's his name? The Hotshot. F- no, from Shawshank. Tim Robbins. Yeah, Tim Robbins. Yeah. Yeah. Andy Dufresne, Super young in this movie. Funny movie. Great baseball moments. Great baseball culture. Uh, I, I think it's just it's an excellent film. Susan Sarandon's terrific and this. super charming. It's I, I feel like it's a movie that didn't age completely well. Yeah, <laughs> it's that, still great. In 1988, it was, it was really well. Like 50 million dollars is a ton of money. I, the, the the gameplay is very good. It's one of the best with gameplay, especially back then. I really like the characters, but I will say, for me, I love the movie, but I feel like it would have been better if Susan Sarandon and Costner had a relationship, not Robbins and Sarandon, 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 Sarandon because it felt like it could have been like a great blend of romance because he's the lead it's sort of kind of Cost- like a love triangle yeah, aspect, but they never get together yeah. at all it's always Robbins and Sarandon and I felt like for me if there was I think I went a little southern with that thinking, thinking about the movie. it's always Robbins with that <laughs> Robbins got Sarandon in that yeah. movie I think it would have been better if Costner and Sarandon had a relationship I think it would have been a little bit better to have more romance romance <laughs> <laughs> I like <love> romance <laughs> Susan why don't you love Kevin I concur, but 97% Ron Tomatoes, that is a huge It's a very score. good movie. That's higher than Moneyball. Yeah. But right. and also, he plays the catcher, so I like the movie a lot. <laughs> catcher life for life. Let's move on <laughs> to our intermission, then we'll get back to our list of top baseball movies as well as honorable mentions. Before we continue, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost Podcast is to share us with your movie friends and movie family members. People who love film, tell them about us. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of Lost Podcast for as little as $2. You get to support the show financially, which we are so grateful for. We have tiers at $2, $5, $10, $25, and $100 tier. $10, $25, and $100 tier patrons get access to our Discord, where we interact with you all the time, every day, as well as have watch parties. $25 and $100 tier patrons get their own custom episode. You pick the topic, and we'll do it for you. And $100 tier patrons are the chosen ones. You get also a personal watch party, and an executive producer credit at the end of every main episode. And not only that, but after three months of being a chosen one tier, you get to come on the show for a fun guest segment. Patreon allows us to do the show full time, so thank you so much for the support. Raiders of the Lost podcast is brought to you by our good friends at manscaped.com. Use our code Raiders of the Lost at checkout. You'll get 20% off and free shipping on your entire order today worldwide get their lawnmower 4.0 groomer this thing is the ultimate accessory to your grooming needs fellas i'm telling you get the lawnmower you'll never regret it 7000 rpm motor skin safe to the touch waterproof has a built-in light wireless charger it is the ultimate accessory it's a rocket ship for your grooming needs their boxer briefs 2.0 been talking about them for like half a year now they're so comfortable come in all sorts of cool designs they got a little extra space down there for your junk as well so you'll be extra cozy and comfy all day manscaped also has all the products you need for your day-to-day life like deodorant two-in-one shampoo conditioner body wash you name it they got it so head to manscaped.com use our coupon code raiders of the lost that's one word at checkout you'll get 20 percent off and free shipping worldwide this episode is also sponsored by our friends at movieposters.com use our special promo code raiders10 At movieposters.com to get up to 10% off your order today they have a gigantic selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable in their poster library as well as all sorts of sizes framing and even backlighting for your poster needs these are high quality prints we have them all over our set and all over our house we love them very affordable the best you can pay for with your money especially when you use our promo code so again head on over to movieposters.com and use our promo code Raiders10 to get ten percent off your order today. Now let's swing into our intermission. Oh, I see what you did there. Starting with our movie quote competition. You ready? Ready? Pain heals. Chickstick scars. <laughs> glory lasts forever. Um what's it from though? Who's Oh wow. <sighs> Hold on. I thought you nailed this right away. I remember seeing this so much as a kid it sounds so familiar. Yeah, Anthony watched this all the time when we were kids. We did, this didn't we? <laughs> oh my god. Replacements. Yes. Shane Falco. Shane Falco says it. Keanu he said that's his pep talk in the huddle. Who uh, was it? Matthew Perry w- wishes was dead. <laughs> you see that quote Matthew Wait, Perry what? said about Keanu? what do you say? So he released a uh, like a memoir and he wrote something like along the lines of I can't believe like we've lost people like Heath Ledger and River Phoenix, but we but for some reason we still have Keanu Reeves and people like went after him. What a terrible thing to say! That's like a a like a quick summary. What a terrible thing like that! He's like we lost great people like River Phoenix and Heath Ledger, which are both amazing artists that we lost too young. But he said literally like, and we got like Keanu Reeves instead. Crazy, horrible thing to say. Wow. Matthew Perry is known for one thing. Yeah, 90210? No, with friends. Oh, that's Matthew. <laughs> I was thinking Luke Perry. No, no, Matthew Perry. Okay, Chandler. No one gives a rat's ass about Chandler. He said he's like I don't understand why Keanu Reeves still walks among us. He said that. Yeah. I think someone's just jealous that no one cares about him anymore. he's super jealous. He's probably going through some stuff. But, man, Keanu is one of the most beloved celebrities on the planet. That's crazy to me. Wow. What a stupid thing to say. No one likes you, Matthew (laughs) Perry. (laughs) All right, here's my quote. I ain't never been no hero, Wade. The only battle I seen was in retreat. My foot got shot off by one of my own men. You try telling that story to your boy. See how he looks at you then. Ben Wade. Oh, yeah. What's That's, the movie? uh it's uh 310 of Yuma. There you go. Nice. I love that film. I maybe I shouldn't have said wait in it. No, I would have got, it right, you got it right. yeah. Yeah, it's a Christian movie, you know, you know it all. <laughs> yeah, it's a Christian Catholic movie. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Bale, I mean, Christian Bale movie. Guess this movie release year. Little Giants. Oh, good one. Uh 1995. 94. Oh, close. That's a good one. <laughs> Little Giants. All right, guess this move release here. The New World. 2000. Would you go Christian Bale today? Yeah. He went Christian today. <laughs> Full-on Christian. 2007? 2005. <sighs> close, close, close. All right, movie pop quiz time. Do we all know Major League, the beloved baseball movie. Which is on this list. We'll get to it. thing. Dun, 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 dun. How many major league movies are there? Four, three. Ah, oh, damn. So it's major league, major league two, and then major league back to the minors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My quiz question is who directed Rescue Dawn? Oh, I'm just going to straight up guess because I have no idea. I'm going to go Ron Howard, Werner Herzog. Oh, Werner made that? Yeah. No way. No way. Why do you think Christian made it? He's worked with one of the all-time great. That's that's wild. Yeah, is that like maybe the biggest budget he's ever you made in a movie with? That I mean, maybe because he makes so many documentaries, it could be the biggest budget. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly it's possible. Vena. <laughs> Moving on. to Star Wars star Werner Herzog. <laughs> Disney plus star, Werner Herzog. <laughs> hey directors need money too. Yeah, his movies don't make money. That's we for have, sure. Do we have any haters or unsubscribers? Oh, we got a bunch. We this is like a great set of haters, like oh, here, oh my like god. Like real ones? Um no, these are all unsubscribers. Okay, so hypes wrote. Serious, this is on uh, my Don't Worry Darling review. Seriously, love the channel, but I'd be dead if I took a shot every time you said the word disrespect unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> then Jim Moore hit us with like the ultimate unsubscribe. You get to hear this. Hi, guys. I'm surprised I enjoy your show as much as I do, given how often you're wrong. <laughs> 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 I'd like to mention just a few of your recent gaffes. The original Invasion of the Body Snatchers wasn't the one with Donald Sutherland from 78. The, it was directed by Don Siegel from 1956. You then praised the ring for its originality. It didn't seem to realize it was a, a Japanese uh, remake. Oh, we know, of, we know it's a remake. But we didn't say that. Yeah, He's just he's just an unsubscriber. Don't worry, <laughs> it's just a joke. And then The Birds is from 1963-1953. Unsubscribe! (laughs) That's great. I cracked me up. I I, I called it the the ultimate unsubscribe. That is the ultimate unsubscribe. (laughs) Thanks for listening, pal. Next up, talking about Black Adam and just modern review bombing for big movies lately. Book Umau wrote, if someone does a review bomb, I hope they personally get unsubscribed. Smiley face. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Bue Oakley... Did you even watch the episode? How could you mistake Luceris for Juceris? It's not like there, there's a just. It's not like there's a Jaheris, a Viceris, a Jahera as well. Unsubscribed, <laughs> and also yeah, sorry everybody. Barista Josh F One mixing up Juceris and Luceris. Unsubscribed, sorry. <laughs> and then Mack Wells, I can't believe y'all are messing up the simple names of the characters in the show. <laughs> the simple names. Luceris is the one who went to Storms End, not just Jesteris. It's not like everyone's name sounds the same. <laughs> Unsubscribed. And then I then I replied. I was like, "Game of Thrones is way easier. You have Ned, John, Rob. <laughs> also, listen. And when I was talking about, and we were talking about that episode, I was saying how those characters were so underdeveloped that you didn't get to know them. Yeah proves my point that I I mixed up the names because I don't understand the, I don't know the characters very well. Also, Jackass, you guys mixed up Jason Luce. Unsubscribed. (laughs) But then this is a good one. So, this is a specific one. So, Kyle Taylor. James definitely has seen Halloween 3. Of course he knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Unsubscribed to Anthony for doubting him.
1: <laughs>
0: I called. I called James out on seeing Halloween Three because I, called I bullshit. correctly guessed that Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't in. That I movie. totally called up. Because I I love it so much. <laughs> Halloween Three, the Witch season, witching season, witching season, <laughs> season of the witch. Actually, oh, thank you. Yeah, let's get it right. Man. <laughs> facts, are fa- facts are facts. That killed. That killed me. It was funny. That was really good. <laughs> Well, we have a great five-star review from Hogan Lanier on Apple Podcast Hogan. Reviews. Love it. I've been listening to you guys since I started college in 2020, and I'm a movie fanatic now. Aww. I can't even step foot in my truck without playing an episode. Aww. I love this podcast and every bit of content y'all put out. Also, before listening to you guys, I thought you had to be a nerd to watch <laughs> Harry Potter. Now, if I, now, now you're a cool kid. Now I know if lo- loving Harry Potter means being a nerd, I don't want to be normal. Thank you guys, by the way. I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> Thanks, Hogan. Hogan, appreciate you so much. Hope you. Ho- I'm glad to hear you love Harry Potter as much as us now. If love and Harry Potter is the coolest then I consider me Miles Davis. If pee in your pants <laughs> is cool, consider me Miles Davis. <laughs> Billy Madison for all y'all who don't know that one. It's a great one. All right. Um, on this day in film history, today is November 3rd in 1953. Tokyo Story is released. In 1956, oh. Wizard of Oz is televised for the first time. In 1998, Shakespeare in Love, which won Best Picture over oh, Saving Private Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> premiered in New York. 1976 Carrie is released. In 1978, Different Strokes premiered on TV. 1993, The Nanny premiered on TV. In 2000, Charlie's Angels is released. 2006, Borat is released. And in 2017, Lady Bird and Thor Ragnarok are released. And Happy birthday to the late Charles Brunson, also Dolph Lundgren. Different strokes for different folks. It's uh No, no. It's different strokes. It's been
1: different strokes. It's it.
0: Different, different strokes, strokes for rule you, the world. Yes, it is. <laughs> was different strokes for you and me. No, to something the world rule the world. <laughs> what? Different <laughs> strokes for you and me. No, <laughs> me and you <laughs> <laughs> to rule the world. Well, I got, I got the theme. I got the theme right. You, you got the melody. Yeah. Well, okay. I got the melody. <laughs> you get the theme right. You were way off with your melody, though. Hey, at least I didn't say rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> different strokes rule the world. Was that? Well, wow, let's check the quote. Check the quote. Different strokes. Lyrics, Lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to do it because you're so slow looking stuff up. Sometimes. You know what? I'm gonna punch you. <laughs> Different strokes. Oh, where is it? Bada, bada, bada. Now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What be what might be right for it's to move the world? Move the world. I okay. was so close. Different strokes to move the world. Yes, it does. Right, I'll, get it that. I'll give you that. Yeah, not rule the world though. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty close. (laughs) Uh, You were. You were pretty close. I'm I'm such a big fan of that show, just like (laughs) Halloween 3. No, we used to love that show, actually. We used to watch it a lot. Different Strokes was late. We used to watch that a lot. It was such a good show. We watched a lot grow up. I used to watch Different Strokes and then Halloween 3, The Witching, witching, <laughs> the witching Season. You don't even know what the title is. You're know. not. Sure, like 50% sure what the title is. Whatever, man. <laughs> my streaming recommendation for this episode is two projects that have been moved to Netflix for streaming this month. Oblivion, which is a great sci-fi film. I think it's very underrated. Directed by Joseph Kaczynski, starring Tom Cruise. As well as Key and Peele, seasons 1 through 3 is now on Netflix. Oh my god, yes, Key and Peele. It's the best. <laughs> My streaming recommendation is the South Korean film, A Bittersweet Life. It's on Amazon Prime. It is unbelievable. It's brutal. It's unpredictable. It's fantastic and endlessly entertaining. I was shocked and really loved the movie. It's fantastic. It, make it the next thing you watch. It's on Amazon Prime, A Bittersweet Life. Cool, man. It's from the uh, same director of I Saw the Devil. Oh, no way. Yeah. Love South Korea. Same Korean actor, art. too. Same lead actor. Very cool. I'll definitely check it out then. That movie's crazy. All right, let's get back into our list of top 10 baseball movies of all time. We left off. We've already covered Moneyball, Sa- The Sandlot, Field of Dreams, and Bull Durham. Number five on our list is going to be Wild Thing. Ba-ba, ba-ba, you, you make my heart sing. Major League came out in 1989, directed by David S. Ward. Rotten Tomatoes is an 83% critic score, 82% audience score, 72 in IMDb box office. million synopsis. The new owner of the Cleveland Indians puts together a purposely horrible team. So they'll lose and she can move the team to a different location. But when the plot is uncovered, they start winning just to spite her. This is a great, great comedy, great sports film. Iconic characters, amazing characters. Ricky Vaughn, Wild Thing. If I was a pitcher in Major League Baseball, I would like do this entire look. Yeah. He's like a rock star. Baseball Wesley Snipes pitcher. as Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah, Willie Mays. And Hayes. And then Dennis Haysbert as Pedro Serrano. Um, Legends. Yeah, so good. Like I love the characters. Beringers, the Tom catcher. Behringer. He's, yeah. he's like the veteran player. Yeah. Great ragtag. It's like the Red Sox No Force, the yeah, ragtag yeah. bunch of players that like nobody wants coming together. They're the worst team in the league. They find out that the The wife of who has now the who's whose husband passed away who on the team now runs the team she wants to move it to a different city for more money in a sexier location sexier town Uh, she wants the Braves it's the Indians Indians, Cleveland Indians I guess he was not listening and doesn't remember (laughs) both of those things (laughs) happened both of those things she wants them to to tank basically which actually teams do nowadays yeah they do that For, for first round picks but the team like uh, in this baseball, baseball is, in basketball for sure they they're the worst team in baseball but then they find out and they want to they rally together to make the playoffs and they're they're setting the league on fire they're winning games they don't win the world series or anything but it's so fun they achieve so much but the characters are really what make it a special story a special film great third act love this movie so much yeah we we this was always on cuz our brothers loved the major league it was on TV yeah, all the time and we were always watching this is a this is a regular airing in our household growing up in it was just like always a good time and always so funny. And it really is the characters that make the show that make make the movie work. I, I really love this film. It's up there for baseball movies. For I think sure. it might be my favorite Charlie Sheen role. I think so too. Honestly, it, it might be his best performance. Honestly. Wow, dang. Dun, 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 dun. Next up, we have another Charlie Sheen baseball movie, Eight Men Out. This film this film came out in 1988, directed by John Sayles. This has an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes for critics and 80% for audience. It has a 7.2 on IMDb and only made a paltry $5 million at the box office. So it was a big failure uh, commercially. This is a dramatization of the Black Sox scandal when the underpaid Chicago White Sox accepted bribes to deliberately lose the World Series in 1919. So people, gamblers who were betting on the World Series paid the players to purposely perform badly make sure they lost so that the gamblers would make a ton of money on their bets. Eight of the players, so yeah. eight of them took eight money yeah. to throw the World Series that year, mm. and it's a really well-made movie, it's really interesting, great characters. Charlie Sheen's actually really good in this movie. he plays one of the best hitters in the league, and you know, all these players took cash, they took a payment, because they were not paid very well back then, athletes at all, you know? It's oh yeah, not like absolutely it is today. yeah. So it was kind of just like a, a decent living for them, but still they got to play a sport for a living, which is really cool. And so these players took the money to play poorly to throw the 1919 World Series against the Cincinnati Reds, and it got uncovered, and every one of these players got kicked out of baseball forever. You know, it's, it's one of the worst things that can happen in a sports. I'm sure it's happened plenty of times that we don't know about in, in not just baseball and other sports as well, people taking money for gambling. Obviously, like, we know it's happened in baseball for sure. We know it's happened in basketball with referees. There have been scandals like that as well. So it's something that's always gonna be present in baseball, in basketball, maybe in football, who knows? But in sports in general. But it's actually a really well made movie. Really great. I love period pieces. I think it's a really cool era to be in the nineteen teens during baseball. We have the backdrop of obviously the, the world wars and stuff like that. It's also, world also world a part legal drama. Yeah. So it's 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 terrific terrific movie. And, you know, it shows the story of the characters, how some of them get cold feet and they don't want to do it anymore despite taking the money. And it shows even though they tried to back out. They still got kicked out. But, you know, it's it's a crazy story. It's a true life story. And I believe they changed their name to the White Sox. I'm not sure how long after it, but maybe just to get rid of the stain of the yeah. Black Sox and the scandal from the team history. Yeah, because it was it was printed as the Black Sox scandal all over the country. Mm-hmm. So they probably wanted a different name for recognition and to basically cl- get a clean slate for the, for the team. Really cool movie. Yeah. Really, really well made. Great cast, too. Moving on to number seven on our list. A League of Their Own, released in 1992, directed by Penny Marshall. Ron Tomatoes, this is an 81% audience score, 84% critic. IMDb, it's a 7.3. I believe it's the most successful movie on this list, where it grossed $132 million. Two sisters joined the first female professional baseball league and struggled to help it succeed amid their own growing rivalry. This just recently got turned into a TV series. I think it was for Hulu. I can't remember yeah for hulu yeah it's a great movie tom hanks is phenomenal in this movie it's one of his most memorable roles he plays the manager of this team but also stars gina davis madonna roseanne Barr. it's a really funny movie great characters it's very campy but done the slapstick humor's done so well but at the same time it's dramatic at moments and it's, it's a really great movie and I, it's for sure one of the best on this list we we have it in our top 10 obviously but $132 million box office, that is so successful. I think Gina Davis and Tom Hanks, they were such a draw back then that they pulled in such a crowd to see this movie, and it's it's excellent. Plus, you have a pop star in this with Madonna. Grammy-winning yeah. Grammy pop star, Grammy-winning pop star. I don't want anyone to get upset with yeah, me. Yeah, don't just call her a pop star, man. <laughs> VH1, VH1 music video award winner, Madonna. Whew, sorry, I, did, I made that mistake with Taylor. Yeah, someone someone tried to cancel you. And this movie, I would argue, has probably the best cast uh, overall it's a really great cast very talented cast and it's really fun and we all know the famous line there's no crying crying there's no crying in baseball no crying in baseball it's it's great it's yeah, funny it's terrific Pop, uh possibly one of the best directors on this list as well too between Penny Marshall's great Penny yeah. Marshall's a phenomenal filmmaker if you haven't if, like you should really look into her filmography she's made some really yeah. great movies I, I highly recommend like Awakening Bennett and- Miller Bennett Miller is it's a terrific, terrific director as well. Yeah. So there's a couple of stud directors on here, and Penny Marshall is one of them. Next up, we have 42 at number eight. This came out in 2013, directed by Brian Helgeland, and has a 81% on Rotten Tomatoes and an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes for audience score. On IMDb, this film has a 7.5%. And it was very successful with a $97 million box office. This tells the story of Jackie Robinson. In 1947, he became the first African-American to play in Major League Baseball in the modern era when he was signed by the Brooklyn Dodgers. He faced considerable racism in the process. Chadwick Bozeman played Jackie Robinson. He was fantastic, perfect in the role. Harrison Ford uh, plays the coach manager. Excellent in his role as well. It's a very poignant film. It's really well done. The baseball scenes and the gameplay are some of the best of all time. But also, I just think that Chadwick Boseman was really an exceptional talent. He did this. He did um, the James Brown biopic, Get On Up. I saw those two movies. This is before he was Black Panther. I saw those two movies, and I was like, this guy is great. He's a star. And then he blew up when he was cast as Black Panther. But this is an early role for him that built his his proving himself as being one of the most exciting actors of his age. Yeah, and Jackie Robinson's one of the most important athletes in American sports history. It's a terrific story. It's a great movie, really important story. And so, yeah, he played James Brown, played Jackie Robinson, two huge figures in the black community, which he played real-life characters, real-life people of. Also, he played Thurgood Thurgood, Marshall, who was also a real person, too. So he was... He's such a legendary actor. He's so terrific. He would have gone down as one of the goats of all time if he unfortunately didn't pass away at such a young age um, a couple of years ago, which is such a loss. But it shows his talent to be able to take on real-life people in three different situations, let alone all the other great characters he's played and make them such memorable performances. It's not easy to do to... Be Jackie Robinson and James Brown. That's that's a really difficult task. Jackie Robinson is without a doubt one of the biggest heroes in American uh, sports history. Absolutely, uh, because he he faced so much hardship from doing what he did, and he stuck to it, and he inspired the country to change in a lot of ways. And his number, I believe, is retired by the entire Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's on every it's in every yeah. stadium. And also- so no player no player can wear the number forty two. And also they have Jackie Robinson Day where every player in the league wears 42 in every single game. Yeah, and they also, like whatever stadium you're at, they'll give out jerseys. Really, really good movie too. Awesome. Yeah. Let's move on to number nine, The Rookie. Came out in 2002, directed by John Lee Hancock. Ron Tomatoes, it's an 84% critic score, 70% audience score. IMDb, it's a 6.9. I believe it's the lowest on this top 10 list. Box office of $80 million starring Dennis Quaid. It's a Disney movie, I believe, too. A Texas baseball coach. A Texas baseball coach makes the Major League after agreeing to try out if his high school team made the playoffs, this is actually a really cool story. It's a true story. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah he, he became a relief pitcher yeah. based on a true story. You're right. And he's a, a baseball coach in the middle of nowhere Texas. He's like 39, 30, 40. His 30s. He's, yeah, old. But he's got a cannon and he never made it to the majors because I can't remember if he had like an injury or he just didn't make it. I believe he, uh, it was uh, an injury and having a family. Something like that. And I think just – so in. it just never worked out. I yeah. mean, there are way more athletes that didn't work out that you were yeah. close to the professional leagues than, than the minute number of people who actually make it to professional sports. It's the the it's so lopsided, especially in baseball in the 90s when so many kids played baseball. Hardly anyone yeah. makes professional sports. It's, it's a staggering, low, staggeringly low number. But it's really cool to see like what could have been for a great athlete or a natural talent like this character who still has something in the tank. He's he's throwing gas to his players and, and when they're in practice and everything. And his players convince him to tryout for a baseball team at a local tryouts for minor leagues and to get into the major leagues and they, they make a deal with him if they like win the state championship or something like that. Then he has to do it and they win the state championship so he has to and he makes the major leagues. It's really incredible. I remember remember that scene where he pulls his truck over on the freeway at the uh, speed meter, mm-hmm. like the big speed meter sign. And then he uh he throws a baseball past it and it only says seventy eight and he's like damn I suck. And then he walks to his truck and leaves but then the uh the sign flickers and it was actually ninety eight. I love that scene. You know they wrote that yeah. for the movie, yeah. but it's oh, yeah. really great. Yeah. It works really well. When that happened, I was like oh my god It was like I was like, Oh shit, he threw ninety eight. He threw ninety eight. Has has no <laughs> <laughs> I remember the scene the catcher's like after every time you throw, I have to ice, ice my, my hand. <laughs> <laughs> you got something, Coach. You, you got do it. it. But it's a really great Inversion of the story of a sports story yeah. where the players and the younger people, they're convincing the the coach to do something. Yeah. It's cool. And it's I think it's a really great scene when he walks out and he's called out of the bullpen for the first time in his first game. And because it, it doesn't happen until like well into the second half of the film. And it's like there has been so much development of the story and the characters and so much had been built up for him. And for him to finally step out into the major leagues and jog out across the, the field to hit them to get onto the mountain and then he's just surrounded by thirty thousand people. It's an amazing moment. I think it was true. And Dennis Quaid, I think, is his best movie. His best it, role. It's, it's my favorite movie. He's done yeah. for sure. I think he's awesome in this. Let's move on to our final movie on the list. The Natural. Came out in nineteen eighty four, directed by Barry Levinson. Oh, another great director. I mean, he made Rain Man, Sleepers, Wag the Dog. He's uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Ron Tomatoes, this is an 83% critic score, 88% audience score. IMDb, it's a 7.4. Box office, 47 million million, four Oscar nominations, starring the great Paul Newman. A middle-aged unknown comes seemingly out of nowhere to become a legendary baseball player with almost supernatural talent. I think Paul Newman is just a perfect casting in this role. Robert as... Redford? Oh, <laughs> Robert Redford, starring Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> I was even picturing Robert Redford in my. In my you head. said Redford first, did I? Yeah, and then you just said Newman. I thought I said Paul Newman first by accident. No, maybe, I think maybe you did. I think I did make the mistake. I'm sorry. It's, it's Robert okay. Redford. They're in two great movies together. This thing. I don't know why I always like. Castity. I always mix them up. They're a great pair. Really good-looking blonde guys. Yeah. Robert. Yeah. All right. Robert Redford. I'm sorry because <laughs> Paul Newman would have been way too old probably to be in this movie. He's, yeah. He's about. He's, ten I mean, years like old. Probably fifties or sixties. Um, starring Robert Redford, who's a great casting in this. It's it's crazy how much he looks like Brad Pitt, especially when you think about it, like in this role because he's around the same age Brad is. Now. When they are in Spygate, yeah, they look like father's son. Yeah, great Spy Games, Spy Games. games. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's a it's a really great movie. He's a great he's a great pick for this cool. It's role. also super mysterious because he's like the greatest player to ever live out of nowhere, and it's it's and it's really good. It's just really terrific film. I think they did a great job, knocked it out of the park. And I think great cinematography. <laughs> Uh, I love landscape shots. They did a fantastic job. Uh, probably Barry Levinson's best film. I, I no, know, but- actually no. Rain Man's the best movie. I love the concept though. Whether it's a sport or an art or anything that you know, the the greatest person that that could ever have done that maybe never picked up a baseball bat, maybe never picked up a paintbrush. You just don't know, and it's really interesting to see that you know people do have innate talents that are geared towards specific things, whether it be art or sports or something like that. And sometimes people just never do it or never get to follow that dream or never even get involved with it. So maybe the best musician to ever live has never picked up an instrument. Maybe the greatest baseball player to ever live never picked up a bat. In a different world, I maybe. Mean, yeah, you can make that argument, but then also you, you say the interest in something is definitely plays a big part in someone being able to be great at it. No, absolutely, for so. sure. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like, it, it's a fun thing it, to think it about. It depends on like where you were born, how you were born, yeah. what you're interested Also, yeah. Are. You yeah, know, yeah, I yeah, think it's really yeah. interesting. And like, maybe there's a different reality where, you know, you're. You never even yeah. had the opportunity to do exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. You never even thought of doing point. it. Great point. Wow, well, it's very insightful, man. Thanks. <laughs> Smart guy. You guys All should right. listen to him. That's our top 10 list. But now, how about we get into some honorable mentions? Let's do it. The first honorable mention of shitty Keanu Reeves, I guess. <laughs> Keanu's the goat. Keanu's great. Hardball, which is. So tragic, I get teared up thinking about it, but it's a great uh, movie where uh, Keanu Reeves plays this like down his like guy who makes a deal to coach the baseball team in order to like kind of pay off a debt to someone and at first he's super reluctant, doesn't want anything to do with it but then the kids grow on him and they become passionate and they end up loving him. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is a little kid in this movie. No way. He's one of the. He's one of. The, he's the kid who runs off, and um, I don't want to say spoilers. Oh, but that's him. That's Michael B. Jordan. Holy crap! Yeah, that's that's really tragic. I mean, the a- little kid, the little little kid. What's his name? He's so funny. You know, the little kid who I just ends up being the assistant coach. I can't remember. Oh my god, <laughs> it's movie It's a funny movie. It's great. Uh, next up, we have the Bad News Bears. Bears, the Bad News Bears. There's been three of these. I think they tried to remake it too with Billy Bob Thornton, right? They didn't try, they did or they, or they t- <laughs> well I meant like it was it was an attempt at, it was an attempt at a remake. Yeah, it's a remake. You're I'm down. not saying like it was a good movie. <laughs> this is 97% of wrong Tomatoes. It's Holy really crap. good. Holy it's crap. really good. We should have put this on the list. Yeah, then. it should have been on the list. It's okay, man. Sorry, man. I, I really no, but up. Good, bad news bears is really great because it's about this this gruff and rough and tumble coach, and he's coaching this team. And um the team sucks, but then um, <laughs> These kid's fucking suck. But then one a, a girl joins the team and she becomes, she's like the best player. And then um, it's a great like coming of age, um, going up against the rivals. The, the There's like the rival team. Uh, I don't want to like, spoil the ending, but it's actually really endearing. It's a really great, it's like the perfect ending. It's not about winning. The theme of the movie is more about camaraderie, friendship, working together, accepting other people. Um, and the coach, the, guy, the actor who played the coach, he's hilarious. It's great. It's a really good movie. Next up, we have Angels in the Outfield. Oh, yeah. Childhood favorite, but, you know, when you grow up, you realize it's not a really great movie. It's starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the the main kid, as well as Danny Glover's in this movie, Matthew McConaughey. The cast is crazy. McConaughey's Ad- in this? Adrian Brody's in this movie. He must be one of the kids or something, too. Um... But yeah, it's about these angels that are in the outfield at Anaheim Angels games, or whatever. I can't remember what they were called back then. Yeah, the Anaheim Angels. The Anaheim Angels, yeah. Because now they're the yeah. Los Angeles Angels Ends of right Anaheim. In Anaheim. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's iconic. It's a classic. You know, these angels that are in the outfield. I, I think it's really cool. It's a fun kid movie, for sure. Does McConaughey play a player? I'm guessing he might play his dad. No, McConaughey's way older than JGL. Oh, maybe a player. He's a player. you know, oh. like a major league player. <laughs> Probably, actually. (laughs) Probably. Tony Danza plays his dad, I think. Yeah, that's why he cast him in his movie. That's right. Yeah. No, Tony Danza's a player. Who is Matthew McConaughey in Angels in the Outfield? He's got to be... He's He's a player. player. Yeah. Yeah. He's an outfielder. Oh, my God. He's the outfielder that gets picked up by the Angel to catch the fly ball. I'm sorry. McConaughey looks weird in a sports uniform. Yeah, he doesn't 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 look right. It doesn't fit him. He's got his long hair. Yeah. That's it, McConaughey, oh my god, I can't believe that. Oh my god, that's unbelievable. Okay, anyways, so the angels want the- It's really unfair that the angels want the angels that's, Yeah, I mean, that's really- that's cheating. This, this whole movie's cheating. cheating. <laughs> why do they get to win? God is cheating. <laughs> <laughs> so why, just because they're called the angels? Because some kid in California wants them to win, oh, and he, so... makes a, he makes a prayer, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. that's so unfair. <laughs> so that movie just encourages cheating. <laughs> <laughs> okay next up the final movie is rookie of the year which we loved so it's because it's about this kid he gets into some accident and He's, then he trips on a ball and lands yeah, on his elbow yeah. weird he lands on his elbow weird and then somehow his arm can now throw the ball like 95 miles per hour and then he throws the ball so fast that the uh, baseball team was at the twins the cubs the cubs uh, sign him, and he starts pitching for the major leagues, even though he's like 12 years old. Yeah, he catches a ball in the outfield, and he field. like throws the ball weird, it, and it like shoots the ball out. It, like like it, he throws like a hundred miles yeah. per hour to so the catcher. They're like, who the hell is that?" Yeah, it's just like some little kid. It's unbelievable, but it was really, it's really cute. It's fun. It's it's a it's a cute movie. Great for la- kids. Great relationship with his mom because yeah. then I'm I'm gonna spoil it because it's yeah. Just, no, you're, you're, you're not, not gonna watch, watch it. it. <laughs> Jinx. If you haven't seen it, you're not gonna watch it. <laughs> Where like he's in the he's in like the World Series or something. <laughs> Or the playoffs, and he's pitching against like the the meanest, baddest hitter. Oh in the yeah, league. the big guy. And yeah. so he trips on the ball again. His elbow falls on it again, and he loses like the power to throw fast. Yeah. But then his mom always taught him to do the underhand throw. <laughs> oh my god! And- so he, it's it's kind of like swing away in signs where he looks to his mom, and she's like underhand. Like <laughs> so, he does an underhand slow ball and strikes the guy out. Honestly, that might work. <laughs> it could it's work. possible that could work yeah because they're used to hitting yeah 75 to 100 mile per hour yeah. balls but like it's just. I remember that that's funny it's really corny but it's really fun it's like the ultimate dream of like an 11 year old to pitch in the major leagues and... I think that's the whole point of the movie yeah, yeah. It's, it's really fu- cool it's not like a great movie but it's really sweet for kids it's like remember when there are all those movies where like an 11 year old is like in the role of an adult like Richie Rich was kind of like oh that, yeah Richie where he, Rich where it's yeah. kind of like you're just like have this Acting dream like that an 11 year old like I wish I was super rich I yeah. wish I was in, in the major leagues being a picture yeah. it's really cool and in, in like a fantasy kind of way it's a really nice movie and that kid's in isn't he in american pie, pie yeah. yeah he's the friend one of the friends it's uh T- ian nichols ian, ian nichols gary busey's in this movie oh my god gary <laughs> uh, all right that's that good that wraps our base top baseball movies of all time episode that was so much fun lots of great memories of watching these growing up as kids and Nostalgia-driven films that you know. Some of these I'll put on anytime. Major League's a classic. Moneyball's phenomenal. I hope that there could be future baseball movies. Like I think some of these topics we came up with, studios might like. If you're listening, should take a look at those. Yeah. So that's, this is our pitch. Yeah, we're pitching right yeah, we're now. Pitch. We're pitching. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in around the world. Become a patron for as little as two dollars at Patreon.com/slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in around the world. Take care, everybody. See you next time. This episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast was executive produced by our Chosen One patrons, Luke Exelston, Tyler McFly, Darren Singleton, Anthony DeMeo, John Agras, Becca Keen, Cody Moen, <laughs> Benjamin Cook, Calvin Cam, and Chandler Johnson. Thank you so much for supporting our show. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.